Hello, this is Chase McKinney. Please be advised that the messages discussed in this podcast are of a mental health nature. While I am a counselor, I am not your counselor. This podcast should not replace professional services rendered to you by a mental health professional. If you feel you are in need of one, please seek one out. Hey everyone, welcome to the very next and uh, festive installment of Reframed. Uh, right now, I am live on Instagram, so if you're watching or you're listening, um, I can take some questions um, as we do this and see where it goes. Now, uh, because we're in December, we're in the, um, the Christmas season, we're in the holiday season, uh, I wanted to take... Uh, maybe one, two, or three episodes uh, this go-around to highlight some holiday, uh, some Christmas-type episodes, uh, or movies, if you will, uh, for these episodes. And uh, with that, um, we'll, we'll talk more about that a little later on, but just wanted to give you a little uh, a preview of that, that we'll be talking, um, you know, Christmas movies, holiday movies, uh, for this month of December so uh, there you go. Um, if the title didn't already, you know, imply that by the time that you're listening to this on Spotify or Stitcher or whatever it is that you listen to. And uh, with that, let me first start off by saying thank you to everyone that does listen uh, week in, week out as we uh, produce this stuff. Really appreciate it. And I'm happy to have y'all uh, listening. Uh, before we before we dive in to some of this stuff, uh, just want to go ahead and you know start off like we normally do, and just talk about what's been going on. And um, it's been it's been a little tough lately for uh, you know me and my family. Uh, Thanksgiving went well, uh, but it was before or after uh, Thanksgiving that we were having some issues. Um, uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we had taken my daughter to uh, the emergency room at Cook Children's in Fort Worth, and because um, she had had some nasty, awful projectile vomiting, and she had a fever of 104.5, and it was just, it was god awful. And uh, anyway, uh, we were released a couple hours later, which was great, uh, and she was able to keep her her fever away um, after about Tuesday morning. And it was myself, my wife, and my kiddo. Uh, we were all in the house together uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So that was good. My wife worked from home, and I did some school stuff and some uh, reports for work, um, you know, whenever I'm adulting, that kind of thing. Uh, and um, But I started getting a little bit of a, a cough and a sore throat myself. And um, it was the day after Thanksgiving that... I uh, was <laughs> I was decorating our yard, and my voice was just getting worse and worse. And it didn't matter how much tea, um, tea Earl Grey hot that I would drink, that uh, would remedy it. It just it was awful. And um, I finally did telemedicine. If you've never done Doctor on Demand, I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. Um, you need a smartphone and. Um, basically a credit card, whether it's your HSA card or just a credit card to, you know, bill services on, 
um, they they give you 15 minutes basically and in that 15 minutes you describe everything and boom they diagnose you and they get you some drugs and you're feeling better in about a day or two and uh, been doing that for a while um, anyways got some stuff and I was um, basically told I was somewhere between um, something viral and bacterial um, like with an upper respiratory thing and um, anyway they, uh, they're like if you're not feeling better or noticeably better by Sunday, um, start taking this medication. So he gave me a couple different medications, um, and it was ultimately me taking the medications on Sunday or Monday uh, when I really started um, getting a lot better and, and feeling better, things like that. So um, now that wasn't the, the really bad part that happened. It was right after that. Uh, it was a week after we had taken my daughter to uh, Cook Children's that we found ourselves right back at Cook Children's. We were um, noticing that around Thursday or Friday, or actually Friday, so the same day that I was uh, doing my telemedicine with a doctor, uh, my, my daughter started coughing herself. And um, Sunday it was getting a lot worse. She was starting to gag more as she was coughing. And... Um, eventually on Sunday, her breathing was like really labored. She was coughing a lot and my wife was getting very, very concerned. Uh, I was very concerned the week before because of like the really high fever and I didn't want my daughter to have febrile seizures. I had seizures when I was a kid and I struggled with seizures for about two years until God miraculously healed me and I haven't had any in um, over 26, almost 27 years. So praise be to God for that. But so the seizures was my big red flag. And um, my wife's was with the uh, the breathing um, issue. And um, anyways, we went in probably around 4.30 or 5 uh, Sunday night, a week, <laughs> a week after our first visit to Cook. And um, we ended up being admitted uh, because of her breathing and be- my daughter wasn't drinking anything. She wasn't really eating any of her bottles. Uh, you got to keep in mind, she's 14 months old, so she's an, she's an itty-bitty little thing. And, um, you know, they can't tell you what's going on. They can't use their words really quite yet. Um, so anyway, she was put on an IV, and we stayed in um, Cook Children's Hospital for about a um, day and a half, two days or so. We were discharged um, Tuesday. Um, uh, I guess that would have been the 20 seventh thereabouts yeah tuesday the 27th of november and um that's that's basically it and um you know after after that after we were discharged um elena was definitely feeling a lot better and uh that was great and um there was i mean my wife went on on a a women's retreat with our church and uh it was just my daughter and I for about three days from uh, Wednesday afternoon until Saturday afternoon. So that's like three or four days that it was just some high quality daddy daughter time. And it was awesome. Loved it so much. And uh, uh, my wife had a wonderful time um, at the event. Um, she came back um, a noticeably uh, different person very in a very positive way. And I'm so grateful that she got to go and that she enjoyed it, and she had such a wonderful time uh, doing that. So I'm very thankful for family and and just how things have worked out over the last uh, few days or so, last week or so, 
uh, with just switching things around. Um, apart from the family stuff, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm winding down my first semester at Regent and, um, anyway, uh, in the midst of finals with my classes, uh, just have to listen to another lecture or two for the semester and I'm done. Uh, one project is, uh, a YouTube video that I have to make. Uh, with my partner, uh, about a 15-minute YouTube video, which is our, is our final exam, which is awesome. Love it. And um, what's the other one? Uh, the other final is just a, a very difficult uh, multiple guess. Uh, that's what, at least what I call it, multiple guess, multiple choice thing. Uh, but fortunately, we get to work with our classmates on it. And uh, it's 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 pretty intense. It's It would be... I would assume next to impossible to do if I were doing this on my own, but we were given leeway to be able to research questions and whatnot with our, with our teammates. So that's what we're doing right now is the, the final has been open for a few days now and it'll close up here in a few days. So, uh, by the time you listen to this, either it'll have already happened or it's about to happen with it closing. So I don't know, whatever. Um, it's, it's a really good feeling to almost be done with my first semester of my doc program and um you know having met so many cool people and, and folks like that um just love that and uh looking forward to what this next semester holds um as i approach the back half of my first year um it's it's crazy to think that in a year i'm going to be halfway done with uh, my core classes for this program it's just it's wild i can't believe it uh so there we go. Uh, other than that, um, see this cool hat here? I got this made at Lids uh, back in the spring. Uh, there was a guy named Rob Paulson, and he is a voiceover genius. He is like my hero. He's my dude. Uh, if you've never listened to Rob, uh, or you, you probably don't realize you probably have listened to Rob, he is, like I said, he is a voiceover genius. He uh, was the original voice for uh, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 1980s. Uh, he was Yakko from uh, Animaniacs. He's Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, Carl Weezer from, I think that was Jimmy Neutron. Uh, he's Donatello in the uh, most recent iteration of... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on um, Nickelodeon, but the the first show that I can remember watching that he voiced was uh, Before School in Elementary, and it was a show called Mighty Max, and um, the the main hero uh, he was like a, a teenage boy or something like that. He wore this like really oversized white shirt with a big old block M on it, red block M, and um, the chosen one, as they as they put in the, the show, um, had this hat, and it the M would glow whenever it would open up a portal, and it would take the take Max and his, his gang of folks, mentors and guardian, uh, with him to uh, you know tackle whatever it was for the day. And it was also an educational show, so there was an educational component towards the end where it would talk about uh, like the actual 
historical significance or what geographical significance of whatever was going on at the time. So I love the show. I got to to meet him at uh, Dallas Fan Expo in the spring. But one thing that's really cool is that um, I went. I graduated from Grand Blanc High School in Grand Blanc, Michigan, in 2005. And every day, going to and from uh, like my classes and the lunchroom and things like that, there was this this like um, you know picture um, with him, uh, my headshot basically, um, with him and and uh, Raphael um, hanging on the wall right outside the administration office, um, and it was signed. So he's an alum of Grand Blanc High School, and uh, when I when I found out he was coming, I, I wanted to meet him. Because I love the dude, and I listen to his his podcast, um, Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson. It's on, you know, Spotify and other places that you can listen to cool podcasts like this one. And um, I was like, you know, I don't want to just take like a pop or like a pop vinyl. I don't want to just take like a picture or, or you know have him sign my hat or anything like that. I found my senior yearbook, and I had him uh, sign it. Um, cause he's a, a, a Bobcat like I am as well. And he just had a hoot. We talked about Michigan. We talked about life in Grand Blanc and, um, he was very gracious. In fact, hold on a second. Since this episode is live right now on Instagram, uh, this is proof that he signed it. So there you go. Hello, Chase. Go Bobcats. In Friendship, Rob Paulson, GBHS, class of 74. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, I'll try and post a picture of that, scan it or something, and put it up in um, the Facebook uh, group page, whatever, like, whatever. So that was pretty lengthy for, um, you know, a brief little, um, you know, what's going on, um, weekly hunt type of thing. So thank you for entertaining me and or yeah, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, uh, gosh, I can't think if there's anything else right now. Um, uh, Christmas is almost here. And for anyone celebrating Hanukkah, um, eight crazy nights, I think started here pretty recently. So, um, happy Hanukkah to, um, uh, any of my Jewish listeners out there, anyone that observes, um, Hanukkah and, um, yeah. So there we go. Uh, there's a little bit of some mental health news that I wanted to bring up, and um, it's it's interesting. This is from uh, what's this from? U.S. News and World Report. Uh, there's an article that was published uh, November 9th of this year, and um, the 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 headline is um is anxiety a risk factor for dementia later in life and the article uh it talks about um a couple things uh, a little bit of doing a correlational study and um, they ultimately say we can't determine from correlational studies whether moderate to severe anxiety in midlife causes dementia in later years um whether dementia in later years causes moderate to severe anxiety in midlife, or whether both may be caused by other factors such as depression, excessive stress, um, genetic factors common to both. Um, so it, it does seem that stress 
is a, uh, a common factor, a common denominator, as they, they cite in the article, uh, for these things, for anxiety and for um, dementia. And uh, they go on later to say that anxiety does seem to be uh, present with dementia, but they're not able to completely uh, link them. So I find that interesting that there's, um, we, when you look at the DSM, okay, so this is, this is what we use in mental health to uh, uh, identify uh, mental health disorders. Um, if, you're, if you're just looking at that on, on Instagram, um, I just held up the book and uh, the big purple book, the DSM-5 is what we use. And in there, we have different categories of uh, mental disorders. And um, anxiety is obviously, uh, or would, you know, be easily identified as some kind of anxiety disorder. And uh, whenever it comes to like your dementias, your Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, things like that, that's what we call a neurocognitive disorder. And neurocognitive disorders uh, require some substantial testing as well as uh, laboratory findings. So we're talking like imaging type studies, um, could be like a PET scan, could be some MRIs, could be anything really, any type of medical type imaging that's used to corroborate uh, uh, test findings. So um, with some of the work that I do right now, uh, I'll do that from time to time where we'll do what we call a full bat uh, or a full battery of testing. And full battery of testing usually consists of um, memory and concentration testing and IQ achievement testing and something we call trails. Uh, memory and concentration deals with a couple different things. That's what it's focusing on is memory and concentration. And then the IQ, there's like, um, there's more than 10, but typically 10 is the core um, set of things that you're going to be looking at whenever it comes to an adult. Um, achievement, it's like your school subject type stuff, like your reading, your writing, and your arithmetic, the three R's, basically. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Um, and then uh, trails, which is basically glorified connect the dots. And um, there's a certain administration, certain timing of things that you do. And when it comes all together, you're looking at how um, there might be deficits in like your in your ability to um, uh, remember things, recall things, to focus on things. Um, uh, a full bat is typically, um, at least in in my experience, done only on adults. And when I say adults, I mean those that are 16 and older. So we're not looking at someone 15 or younger doing a full bat. Um, it's just the way that it's standardized, it's the way that it's set up that, that we do that. So, um, yeah. Um, anyways, I think this is interesting that there's um, an anxiety disorder, um, possibly um, with like the stress part, um, possibly contributing to some depression. So either a depressive or an anxiety disorder contributing to a possible neurocognitive disorder. So I'd be really interested to see how this research uh, continues and uh, what it will do for uh, the mental health community and for overall the medical community in general and how we we treat things, how we um, work with people, um, and how that can inform um, the work that we do um, to prevent these things. There's um, This is a little off the beaten path for what I'm about to say, but um, I read in a neuroscience journal that um, 
brain swelling um, has some kind of connection. I might have even brought it up in this podcast before. I can't remember if I did or not. Um, I just thought it was really cool that um, uh, brain swelling um, can um, create a higher likelihood of suicidal ideation. Um, so if there's anything that we can do medically and therapeutically to um, try and prevent that kind of thing, um, you know, we can, uh, uh, in theory, hypothetically, um, you know, see a decline in, um, in suicide, in suicide rates, which would be great. It'd be fantastic if we could do that. And, um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, we're still early on with, um, a lot of research, um, for that kind of stuff. So, um, it's cool. It's great. So, uh, anyway, thanks for, for listening to this part so far. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to end Instagram Live for right now, but I'll be back in a little bit to see if there's any questions or anything like that and um, go ahead and get started with the actual reframed portion. Okay, so it's just us now here on on um, the podcast. So today we are going to be talking about a show, actually not a show, a movie that you've probably heard of, that you probably remember from the 1990s. I'm guessing you do. It stars uh, Macaulay Culkin and it was from the year 1990. Um, called Home Alone. Um, and just a couple things about, about Home Alone that I thought were kind of interesting is that this show was, or why do I keep saying show? I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, this, this movie was in theaters forever. Um, it, it, so it was, it was in theaters from November um, until, um, uh, it was in, it was in theaters for nine months. Um, and it was, it was at number one or was in the, sorry, it was in the top 10 until basically Labor Day weekend. So this, this movie did very well, very well, uh, in the box office. And, uh, you know, we know that movies and, and like the box office and premieres and stuff is totally different now. Uh, basically 28 years um, later since this movie came out um, in terms of like what success looks like for film. So um, anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this and what uh, we might be able to learn about Home Alone. Now, it's just me today. I don't have a, um, a wingman with me um, at all. I don't have a Marv or a Harry uh, to help me out with my shenanigans on this show, um, which is fine. It's fine. Uh, we'll get back to that here, um, you know, in a, an episode or two um, of having a guest back. So um, anyway, uh, I think it's interesting that I had planned on doing this movie and my church ended up uh, doing this thing called At the Movies. And um, some churches do it, some don't. Um, at the movies is where they'll take Hollywood uh, blockbusters, just 
really good um, movies in general, and they'll they'll look at it for um, messages, um, basically you know Christian messages that you can take um, from it and apply to your life. Now, um, it's I'm not going to be tackling it from uh, a biblical perspective, um, not not wholeheartedly. Uh, I might say a few things here and there, but um, there was a lot of um, carryover between what I had originally wanted to say and what um, was actually said in service. So uh, it was pretty cool that we were on the same wavelength um, for the most part. So the the movie starts out with uh, the McAllister family, um, you know, preparing for this trip to France, uh, this Christmas trip to France, and um, it's it's uh, Kevin Kevin's family and his extended family that are all meeting at his house for. Um, you know, the night before they all fly, fly out and, um, you have this, this guy, um, you have this police officer standing in the, the entrance of the house, you know, seeing what's going on and if they have precautions for, you know, safety and security of the home, things like that. And, you know, as, as the, the introduction and whatnot, uh, goes about, you you start to see this altercation between Kevin, played by Macaulay Culkin, um, and different members of his family, um, like his his very um, um, butthead of a, a sibling, I guess Buzz. Um, I think that's what he's supposed to be. So if you're offended by butthead, sorry, but I mean he is. Um, anyway, uh, and as a result, like pizza spilled. You know, soda goes all over the place, it's spilled on pizzas, and, um, you know, he's more or less grounded for the night, and, you know, he's told to go to the attic and stay there. I don't want to see it for the rest of the night and type of thing. And Kevin says this thing of, like, I don't want to see you the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of hurt that can happen, like, with families in you know, saying things that you don't really mean. And, uh, you know, Kevin, I mean, he's a, he's a young kid. He's probably, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years old, maybe. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure how old he actually is. Uh, but he's a young kid and, and, you know, we can say some dumb things when we're kids and not really mean it. Um, uh, it's when we get older that we say things to people that it, it's taken a lot more seriously and there's a lot more hurt and a lot more harm done, uh, because of it. And, um, you know, in the middle of the night, there's a, a storm or something and a, and a power line ends up going out, which turns up, which resets the power and everyone's late and they're all freaking the heck out. And, um, anyway, Kevin is left, um, alone. He is left home alone. They are, you know, over the Atlantic or something, um, before they realize that Kevin is still back home in Chicago, back home in Chattown. So that kind of sucks, you know, that they they get all the way over there. They're almost on a different continent before they realize they left someone home alone. And, you know, this time of season, um, for, for I would say for, for a decent majority, you know, there are people that... You know, Christmas and, and um, you know, Thanksgiving and, and this time of year, that it's a very happy time. 
Um, you know, you're celebrating things, you're getting presents, um, you know, different things. Um, but for other people, um, the holidays are um, a horrible time. It's an absolutely horrible time for them. And they just feel like it would be better if they were left home alone. They were just left alone. And um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, that um, we're not meant to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. And, you know, when, when someone hurts us, we want to keep them at a distance. We want to, we want to have that attic to, to ground level type of separation um, from, from each other. And, you know, we want to create as many barriers, as many steps um, to, to keep away from someone, to wish they weren't even around, to wish they didn't even exist, to wish they weren't in our life. And that is what a lot of the holiday is for for people. And it's kind of sad that that's, that's what it is. Uh, there are people that say they would rather, you know, just be on the streets uh, than to be in the same house with someone. Um, I'm not saying in all cases, but a lot of the homeless population, there are families that are willing to let them stay with them. And they have it in their head that, you know, they have no family that's willing to help them. And it, it's just weird how that works. Um, I, I did used to work at a homeless shelter, like I've said before in, in some of these episodes. And there are families that are willing to help that are willing to help them, um, like to let them stay and help them get a job and, you know, provide food for them and clothing for them um, so they can get back on their feet and go do their own thing again, you know? I mean, we, we would be so lucky to have that kind of thing. Um, I feel very fortunate to um, have been very fortunate in my life to when I've been on, on really, really uh, bad, uh, like bad terms, uh, like, you know, life has been like really tough for me that I've had um, you know, prior to being married, I had my 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 dad, who I, um, um, I could rely on. Um, you know, in college and whatnot, like if I needed help, like with gas or food or whatever it might might have been, um, or even behind on a bill. Um, even starting out, like as an adult, like moving to uh, West Texas in the Midland Odessa area, um, that was my first time out on my own, and my dad was there for me. My mom has been there for me as well um, to you know help pick you up and. Uh, you know, there, there are people who just have it in their head. Like, yeah, no one cares about me. No one uh, wants to help me. No one thinks I'm worth a hoot or anything like that. And, you know, the holidays are a reminder um, of that for some people, whether it's true or not. Uh, I'm not in any way uh, diminishing uh, the pain, the, uh, the experiences that people have had with you know, hurts and hangups with family. I get it. It's a lot of it can be real or is real. Um, but it's how do you how do you move past that? And you know, just how do you move past that? Um, you know, just like when we're when we're alone. When we push people away, we become much more vulnerable to uh, to things in general, and I think that's that's 
a really great illustration of what what happened in the movie, right? So, um, so you got Kevin. He's he's having a, a ball at first. You know, he's eating all the junk food he wants. We can only be so lucky. I mean, what's your junk food of choice? I want to hear about that. So, those of you listening, what's your junk food of choice? Um, or your top? Let's just go with your top five pieces of junk food. Um, post that in our in our Facebook group. I want to hear about that. So, um, you know, comment on the post I'm going to put up, and I want to hear what are what's your top favorite pieces of junk food, and um, go from there. Uh, anyway, so he's having a ball with the junk food, and you know, with being around and stuff like that. And then, you know, these these burglars, uh, Marv and Harry, um, you know, thinking that. The house is empty and that it's, you know, going to be an easy hit for them to steal stuff. Um, notice, you know, um, Kevin is is watching this this rubbish movie that he's not supposed to watch. <laughs> and um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. But anyways, it, it was um, it was some kind of movie. And uh, he flips on all the lights and the, the burglars freak the heck out. And they move away. And then, um, you know, as the movie goes on there's you know more and more of a connection of finding out like hey this this kid is home alone and you know there's no one to look out for him there's no one to protect him no one to you know care about him uh seemingly so um you know he's he's playing us for fools basically which good for kevin way to go dude well done that's what's up and you know, as the movie goes on, you you start to see this connection that he's forming with his neighbor that he thought was like a murderer or something. And that's the thing, like, you know, kind of what I was talking about a second ago that, you know, when we are alone or, or, or just maybe not even alone, but we can have like these misconceptions about other people. And, you know, in part, the movie does say, you know, um, show that Buzz earlier in the movie was just giving Kevin a hard time trying to scare him about the neighbor because apparently, you know, the neighbor buried his his family member or something and, you know, they haven't been able to prove it. So Kevin thinks that he's living next to a murderer and he's all alone and this guy's going to come over and murder him and things like that. Unless I'm just watching the completely wrong movie. I don't know. But um, he's got this misconception about the dude. And it's after, you know... Uh, I think it's like a candlelight service or something at like a church that uh, they notice or he notices that, you know, he's got it all wrong. So, you know, this this season, this Christmas season, when you're uh, when you're when you're around family that you don't want to be around or you wish there were certain family members around um, that you might have um, lost uh, or they're you know no longer um, here with us in this life. Um, just know that there are people around you that do care, that are willing to listen, that are um, are looking out for you. And if there are people out there that are hurt by family, um, I would urge you to. Um, take the advice of Kevin McAllister and just to call um, whenever he's having the uh, the conversation with his neighbor. I think his name is um, Mr. Myrtle. I might be wrong on that. 
um, you know, he hasn't talked with his son in years, and they've been they've grown estranged, and that's that's kind of what can happen with the holidays. Um, it, it reminds you know, like we 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 find. I I think I think Christmas and and Thanksgiving and even to an extent New Year's, it's it's family time, and whenever you have fragmented. Um, family stuff, meaning like you have, whether like you're divorced or there's death or there's, you know, very strained relationships or a strained rela- relationships, um, it's, it becomes that much more obvious because you see families spending time together, hanging out with each other and interacting with each other. And, uh, uh, you know, it, I'm not saying that it'll, it'll get fixed and be repaired overnight, but you know you can you can put your best foot forward in making a phone call, writing a letter, um, sending a sending a card. Um, I know my wife and I are about to put our Christmas card together to mail out to friends and family, um, you know, for for Christmas. And um, um, there are some family members that I haven't seen in a while, and part of that is because. You know, we live in different parts of the country. Like a lot of my family lives in the Midwest. I have a few that live out west in like, um, you know, the California and Nevada area. Um, I mean, we're, we're all spread out. But, you know, relationships in general, you have to put an effort into it to really get something out of it. And, you know, the only way that you can start to work on a strained relationship, a distant relationship and to not be alone is to, you know, do the really, what can seem like a really awkward and really painful thing of reaching out. Um, I don't know why, but I'm just going to go with it. This has nothing to do with home alone. Um, but for some reason, when I, when I said reaching out, I thought of the movie Space Jam and, um, the part, um, I think it's like the climb close to the climax of the movie. They're playing the game against the Monstars, um, or the All Stars, or whatever the monster team is. I think it's the Monstars. That sounds right. Um, and Michael Jordan realizes that he's in Toon World and he can do some things that he couldn't do in the normal world. So he somehow stretches his arm from like beyond half court, I think. And anyway, he reaches and places the ball into um, into the net, and you know scores the winning uh, points for uh, the Toon Squad. Now, that's that was literally the image that came to mind with the awkward part of reaching out. So that's my connection: the awkward part of reaching out. Now, uh, you know, you might not be able to literally reach from half court or reach from the other side of the country from north to south or east to west but you know you you can you know make an attempt um, a continuous attempt if it doesn't happen the first time don't quit go with the second time if it doesn't happen the second time go with the third time third time fourth time fourth time fifth time you know keep at it when you have a strained relationship it didn't become strained overnight. 
unless something really god awful happened. You know, strained relationships happen because they go from something of trust and love and affection, more or less, whether it's like platonic um, or not. You know, um, it could be platonic, it could be phileo, it could be eros. I mean, any of these types of like Greek types of love, you can look up Greek types of love uh, or Greek names for love. Um, so, um, you know, you, you're coming from like this this um, area of like love and trust and and, to, and some form of, of affection for this person. And affection doesn't mean like, you know, kiss me please it's not all about that you know um i got like i have guy friends that i care about i have gal friends that i care about but the number one gal that i care about is my wife and daughter okay um that doesn't mean i can't care care about other people um but it's when things happen they start to happen over time where you're, like you start to hurt each other more and more and more until it eventually goes from this affection to becoming this disdain to where you're hurt so much that you close yourself off to feeling anything uh, for that person. And um, again, we're going, going to jump to another movie, but if you remember in um, Empire Strikes Back when Luke finally meets Yoda, um, he talks about the path to the dark side. He talks about fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And when people are angry, they are angry. Anger is the source of, or anger comes from fear. So when, when someone doesn't meet a need for you um, or meet an expected need for you, you put a guard up and you react in a way because it hasn't been met before, so you're going to react because it hasn't been met before, and you anticipate it not being met um, coming up, basically, or it not being met. So when it's not met, um, you know you're you you've already had a fear response to something, and that fear has taught you to respond this way, and when you respond that way or keep responding that way, that's where the anger um, really sets in and takes a foothold. And from there, like Yoda said, I know we're talking about Home Alone, but like Yoda said, anger leads to hate. You start to hate that person. And in turn, when you start to hate, you start to inflict even more pain and you create more suffering for people. And people suffer in their own way um, in the holidays. So, um, I would encourage you to try and do what Kevin did in the show, in the movie. I, sorry, I keep saying show. And don't think of, don't think of it as I'm going to create all these booby traps and what not to keep people out. I'm going to I'm going to create a defense to protect what matters most to me. And what I would hope 
is most important to you is your faith and your relationships with others. So <clears throat> regardless of regardless of what you are, whether you're um, Christian, you're a Jew, you're a Buddhist, you're a Hindu, you're um, a Muslim, you know, regardless of that, you know, faith and family. What can you do to uh, keep that kind of stuff at the forefront? Um, like, what can you do to protect what matters most to you and still let people in? You notice at the end of the movie that um, everything is spotless and, uh, you know, all the damage, except for Buzz's room, um, has been cleaned up. And Kevin has had a noticeable change. Like, he's, he's just defended this home. He's just defended this home from folks. And he's like, man, I, he, he's more or less like with his body language and his, his demeanor, his affect, saying, man, I really want my family back. I really want, I really want to see them again. And I'm hopeful for you listening that if you have been hurt, I'm hopeful that in the future you'll have that same type of experience okay um, and what's great is that he runs down the stairs and he, he thinks he hears something and uh, moments later he turns around his mom's there mom's been traveling by planes trains and automobiles more or less to get home to Kevin and um, you know moments after that like the whole family is just like you know falling through the door and stuff and ta-da you have the end of the movie so, um, anyway, uh, this has been fun to talk about. And uh, with that, I am going to hop back on Instagram and uh, see if we have um, any uh, questions or, or anything before we close this out. We'll see. Um, we'll see if we do. And uh, more than likely, this episode... Um, uh, this will definitely won't be the last one, that's for sure. And um, should have. I'm, I'm planning on having uh, one or two more out before Christmas, um, and see how it goes. And then we'll probably take a break for um, a week or two uh, or more. Uh, I, I'm kind of looking at doing um, three weeks in a row, like you know, one week in between, or not in between, but um, like today, it's a Tuesday, so I'm planning on recording another one next Tuesday and the following Tuesday, if um, time allows for me to do that. Um, so right now, uh, there's no one hopping on Instagram, which is okay. Um, if you are not already following um, the show on Instagram, I would highly encourage you to do that. And because um, I'm probably going to be doing more live uh, discussions in the future and um, probably do some questions and interactions. And I might invite some of y'all to um, interact with on Instagram. There's also uh, Facebook and Twitter um, as well. Make sure that you tell your friends about this, about this show. Uh, I really enjoy doing this and I'm glad to have the people listening that do. Um, I'd love to have more, though. Um, I think um, I think of this as just an extension of what I do, and 
um, it's just a creative way that I get to be a counselor and also do voiceover. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's it, y'all. <clears throat> um, thanks for, you know, thanks for listening. Whether you're driving to work, driving home from work, taking a bath, skiing down a slope, or just in your home office or at the gym or whatever. Thank you so much for uh, choosing to listen to this guy's voice. Uh, now, this has been a shorter-ish episode, um, but I really appreciate it. Um, again, make sure that um, you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for um, our social media. We're all at Reframed Pod. Uh, we just created a, uh, a YouTube channel, so this will most likely be showing up on YouTube for you to listen there as well. Um, and if you want to interact um, you know, with the show and ask questions or you know, send in your experience with listening, listening to the show or any cool um, you know, pop culture media type stuff, then send it my way. Oh, yeah. So um, I think I'm going to end this a little differently. Uh, instead of my regular voice, I think I'm going to choose a different voice. Hmm. Let's see how. Let's see. All right, now, well, thank you for taking the time to listen. Um, As always, make sure that you take care and stay dapper. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, um... Hmm. Oh, what do you mean, well, um... Well, um... You'll know if you keep saying the same three things over and over again, you'll be stuck saying that like the rest of your life. Well, um, hmm. Alright, have it your way. <laughs>